0: Two, ready, one. Hello, and welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. And joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I have a mouthful of japones. So you might want to explain what those are. For our Spanish speaking listeners, that may have sounded odd.
1: They are uh, peanuts. Okay, they are not are...
0: Japanese people. Is the main thing?
1: <laughs> no, they are, no. They are peanuts that are uh, like glazed and like soy, and they're delicious.
0: Okay, just one. I just want to be clear that we have a stance, at least, to slight negative on cannibalism on this show. Yeah, so the, our
1: friends south of the border will be able to tell you all about them.
0: Yes, but if again, if you were a Spanish speaker who did not know of these, you would have just heard I have a mouthful of the japanese yes <laughs> right. yes so i just wanted to clear up yeah because we say a lot of things and sometimes the the line is lost so could he be good, just good, kind good. of speaking japanese yeah. sure sure no doubt that's you know that's a, another less horrifying interpretation and i'm open to all of this <laughs> so joining us jed brewer the director of mission
2: Osa productions my cannibalism is mostly in the past Okay, and that's good. I, I feel like that's really... You're
0: tapering.
2: Yeah. You know, I'm, it's, it's a work in progress. Sure. You know, I mean, it's...
0: One day at a time, Jeff.
2: Yeah. I don't think anybody has the right to demand perfection. Sure. But yeah. I'm I'm much less of a cannibal than I once was.
0: Well, the thing about uh, health choices is it's all about making manageable choices and changing one thing at a time. Right. You can't start training for marathon and cut down your your eating at the same time. That wouldn't work. Come on, man. You can you cut would... carbs, you can cut cannibalism, but you can't cut
2: both. See, this is what I've been saying for a long time.
0: Yeah, I think those uh those I think those workout sponsorships or those fifty <laughs> sponsorships are coming any day now. <laughs> so joining us all the way from Arkansas, Tennessee, a man whose uh, stance on cannibalism has remained um I'm gonna say worryingly unclear up to this point. Lee Younger, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church. Is this an intervention, guys? Uh nah. We don't care enough about it. Okay. Just more of a survey in case we need uh material later on.
3: Look, I'm just saying if you called this because you have something to say to me, just say it.
0: yeah no that's um we we are th- definitely going to be doing on- air interventions at some point pretty soon, but uh we're just not there quite yet
1: i'm I'm just focusing on these hop bonus
0: sure, yeah, that's very, very good. One thing I will definitely say for sure is um, I feel the need to declare, a, if you can believe it, non-cannibalism based emergency Whoa. what? yeah, is it an emergency? It's definitely an emergency. Um, it does actually tie into what we were talking about before, because it does have to do with horrifying people. Okay, well, mm. that's good. That's good. We're we're good at that. So uh, this, this past Tuesday at the Bridge, we had uh, a wonderful host team, as we do every week. Yeah. Uh, these are from a church in Chicago. I'm going to keep... There will not be a lot of details. We're not naming names. We're not naming churches for reasons that will become uh, immediately clear. Okay. okay. So there's a couple of not, lovely young ladies on this host team that uh, we've come many times before. Mm-hmm. One of them we know is a fan of the podcast. Very, right. Very... Uh, a super fan, if you will. Yes. But they, she's also kind of spreading the word, if you okay. will. Okay. Nice. It, which
1: is, everyone should be. Yeah. No Got doubt.
0: everybody in the small group turned on the podcast. We're all yep. listening to it. All enjoying it. Hello right. people that we don't want to name for reasons. that will become immediately clear. You but know who you are. Absolutely. Probably. Maybe. Um, so a, a couple of things, because there's, there's a couple of emergencies in this. It's a, it's okay. a nesting doll of emergencies. Ooh. Wow. One of which, and we haven't said this in a while, uh, one of the the other folks that came on the host team uh, as mentioned she was listening to the podcast and starting from the beginning and listening through. That's and we uh, can't warn you off that hard enough. Yeah, yeah that's that's, bad call.
1: uh that's a lot to
0: take in. It's a, it's a lot to take in. Here's the thing. If you want to listen to the whole back catalog, because there's questions we covered, that's great. Why don't you start towards the end yeah. when we figured some things out Yeah. and establish I like these people and believe they have the ability to put out a decent-sounding, somewhat coherent product, mm-hmm. and then go back to the beginning and test your faith in that theory.
1: <laughs> you don't start with a deep cut. No, you, you don't don't. start with the B sides.
0: They don't don't start with season one. That's right. In many ways, to say that podcast is like Parks and Rec. Mm. Don't start with season one. That's right. right. It'll only it'll only turn you off the good stuff that's coming down the way. Sure. Right. But we had a secondary emergency here, and this is the oh. one I feel that like we need to take some time to address. And Glenn, I believe this this came up with you to you in conversation if you'd yeah. like to to walk us through the issue
1: well uh again yeah it's a super van uh spreading the word and uh she uh apparently we had uh, an episode that was talking about dating stuff i believe and, it's come
0: up once or twice
1: yeah and i i if, if i got her comment correctly we were talking about uh you know being uh, brave and being assertive and uh, you Maybe know,
0: specifying that message toward one particular gender.
1: Yeah, I think we we may have been talking about guys, you know, being a little more assertive and
2: the need for them to be.
1: Yeah, a yeah, more go the know, chicken factor. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, refer sort of, it. Just go clear. for it and 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 you know, get in the game. Well, uh, so uh, this particular gal, bless her, uh, sent the episode, <laughs> s- sent sent a link to the episode to the guy to inspire him. Sure, that's good. And she's never heard from him again. Whoa. Okay. Okay. So here's what I got from that. Tell me. Is that we, 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 it was just too much. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, some dudes are fragile. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, they just apparently can't take in all the
0: boldness at once. Sure, It's a bit of a full frontal assault.
1: Yeah, so I mean you guys tell me if you don't feel this way, but I'm thinking maybe what we need to do is to deliver the same message of be bold, be courageous, be assertive, yeah, be romantic, take a step, you know, and be be put yourself out there. But in very soothing tones. Ooh, okay. okay. So that we're talking about
0: much like we were at the episodes an entry level. If we can you, you can send a guy this one. who will think, oh, these guys have a point the, that they're he, making gently and respectfully, right? And then we can blindside him with the other questions where right. we just talk about being chickens. Nice. Definitely. See what it is is like. He's a little
1: deer. Yeah. Right. You don't okay. want to spook him. Yeah. No he's timid. sudden
0: movements. Right. No sudden.
1: Just sneak up on him. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And so um, maybe maybe we
2: could uh, well, deliver that. Church board member Jed could definitely. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Exciting he's, he's, wow, new Jed. looks. Uh, he's, looks I haven't heard this Jed before. Well, is this is this Trevor who needs to, to hear this word? Might as well I, be. It's almost
1: it's it might be Trevor. Okay. It, it may be Tyler. Ooh. Sure. It may be Taylor. Oh well, Taylor, yes. Here you go.
0: We have we have a rotating cast of T word guys around here. Um as we know, Trevor's the eleven year old who sits on right. the the uh that you need at every church sign making. Right. Right. Because if Trevor goes, <laughs> then yeah. you got a new sign. <laughs> Re- right. Redo that sign. Okay. Yeah. Scrap um, it. As as we know, uh, Tyler is the guy from youth group that every Christian girl marries. Right. Yes. If you hear my friend from youth group got married, you can just assume it's Tyler. And you'd be right. right, like seventy percent of the time. But yeah. Here, I'm, but I'm saying we're talking about you know a guy who we have to be a little easy with, very sure. millennial. I think we're talking to Tucker.
2: Tucker. Oh, Tucker. oh that's so good. Uh, I, think Tucker. Tucker I think Tucker needs
0: right. needs things to be gentle.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, here's 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 a church board member, Elder Jed. Okay. Talking to, to Tucker.
0: So, um,
2: Tucker, <laughs> we have been um, already been, funny. We, yeah. We've been talking. We we've been thinking, and you know, some of, and I don't want to say all of, but uh, you know, some of the <laughs> ladies sometimes you know it's just they feel like. And we're not attacking you, Tucker. This is not your fault. That comes right. later. I want to be clear: this is not your fault. Nobody is mad at you. That's right. We're on your you team. Not in trouble. We're on your team. It's just that some of the ladies, and again, not all, but some of the ladies, sometimes, and not all of the time, but sometimes, they feel like if you, not and not you specifically, but you know, <laughs>
1: right, right,
2: right, folks like you, yes. you know, if if they were to take just a bit, just a bit more of a sense of. You know, initiative, I guess, would be a way to put it in terms right. of saying, you know, there's a social engagement yeah. and I feel like we could we could go there together. Is that a couple? I don't know. I don't it's not my place to say. It's not up wow. to me. It's just, but I feel like it's something for you to pray about. Right. You know, just really, you know, you and the Lord getting into it. And is he calling you maybe to have a conversation like that where there's some, you know, even just a little bit of initiative there? I don't know. Right, I don't right, know. Just, right. I'm just saying it's just a
1: thought. Wow. Wow. That's. Uh, yeah. Did I, did think I sell exactly you? What, no,
0: I think that's exactly what we're aiming for. I, okay. I,
1: I think. It, you know, if Tucker can't
3: receive that,
0: yeah. then I don't know what to tell well, you. Well,
2: what can what can we do?
0: The only sure. thing
3: I, I think that we need to use certain there are certain vocabulary words that guys might you know respond to. Just okay, you know, are you? Does she feel pursued by you, Tucker? Right? Mm. Are you right. are you leading her well, Tucker?
1: Ah. Cohen? Okay, now is this a good vocabulary word? Coward. Is <laughs> that? No, that's a bit... No, that's not it? Okay. It's a bit strong. So uh, so something, uh, you know... Uh,
0: yeah, that, that, you got that hard K sound that's a l- bit confrontational. You l- Sort of lacking? No, no, we're going to be positive. It's...
3: it's burp, 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 burp. <laughs> oh, that's
0: not even words. <laughs> we can't even make we're noises that are right in form. here. I mean, you know...
1: I, here's what it is, Tucker. Bless you. It's you know, it's okay.
0: Sure, that's the thing.
1: You can do this, Tucker. You're you're a good fella. You're harmless. Yep. <laughs> and um, you're polite. Sure. You you like a nice pair of slacks. You're adorable. Gonna,
0: who amongst us doesn't? We
1: all know. Yeah. And, and uh, so uh, I think it's going to be okay. There you go. You know. It's gonna be fine. You can you can find a, a lovely young lady, sure, and you can say I would like to squire you about town.
0: Um, <laughs> I think you've miss. I think you've mistaken politeness and gentility for medieval. Yes. Well, that's. Uh, that's uh, that's
1: as close as I can
0: come to okay, it in well, my that's, that's mind. That's you know, To be fair, that w- that went a lot better than I expected I mean, like it to. Like yeah. he could call them milady. That's well, that's a different thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's see, a different. I, that's a different category of uh, clueless meme. I yeah.
1: I just don't get being nice. Sure. No, that's, that's true. That's not my spiritual
2: gift.
3: Yeah. Well, what do we yeah. what do we assume happened to Tucker when he listened to the show? Was it a full on like? Did he go into cold sweats and freak out? He he. he throws the headphones out of his ears, he throws his fingers into his ears and starts yelling like Gollum, not listening, not listening, and then just yeah. runs right. off sure. into the sunset. Sure. Just runs, yeah. yeah. I think Running.
0: you're. I think that's a distinct possibility when I pitch you a counter. Um, okay. Um, I think Tucker hasn't moved or said anything Wow. since he heard this. I he think just, full vapor lock. Okay. Yeah. Just <laughs> catatonic. Yeah, because here's the thing, and this is the other thing we have to mention about this scenario with young Tucker is that if a gal that's in your church youth group whatever sends you a thing about how more guys should ask out more girls
1: uh-huh
0: i think it's fair to say that about 80% of the work is done there yeah right. yeah. yeah this is yeah. uh this is a respond with a thumbs up emoji and you're kind of halfway there situation the the tower
1: has cleared you to land on the runway yes
0: um i think somewhere in an apartment in chicago there's a guy who just hasn't been to work in a week. Yeah. And is still yeah. just... The phone is out of battery, but he's still just clutching it. Yeah. Right. Uh, pupils dilated. Right. Foot headphones still in, just shaking. Blanket. Right. right. Blanket
3: right. tucked right. under arms.
0: Yep. Like a 94 Chevy Lumina. That the the engine is fully locked.
1: Yes. So what you're saying is we have to jolt him out of his
2: state of catatonia.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: I think that would be medically inadvisable, but sure. But
2: with with really harsh yelling, go for it.
0: Almost go right? for it. No, that, almost sure, certainly not.
2: Sure, that seems good.
1: Uh, I mean, you know, may, just overload him. It's like a circuit breaker. Right. You know, you gotta you gotta tri- you gotta overload the circuit. Yeah, That's not a positive thing. Trip it. It's like the defibrillator no, yeah. paddles. Exactly. Now, that to,
0: kills someone like not a no percentage you, you of the take, time. You take like
1: the defibula- but in this case, you just stick them on either side of his head. <laughs> well, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's not how that works. Clear. At all. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: I'm I was first aid certified many years ago, but I'm pretty sure don't stick it on their head was like rule one. Mm.
1: I think that'll probably unstick a guy. I sure, absolutely. Is. Well, I, I mean, feel I'm if- no doctor. <laughs>
0: What <laughs> this whole show's a sham? Yeah. Um, well, here's the thing. I think again, I, I'm not sure this is medically advisable, but in the interest of balance, yeah, we've had Elder Jed. Yes. You know, speaks to the young man. Sure. Yes. Which this is a parallel universe where church elders know and talk to the people in their church. Sure. yeah. Um, but let's let's get the other end. Let's get the. Yeah, full, you need a point counterpoint. Yeah, let's get That's the right. full. That's sure, fair. That's sure. fair. In a in a in a horrible dystopian universe mm. where Glenn is the singles pastor right. at this church right. and Trevor says she sent me the thing but I didn't respond I don't know what to do what do I do How, let, let's hear it <laughs> now I haven't
1: warmed up Cheryl I, I, I you gotta leap right little you gotta stretch it out stretch out your quads but I think the key is to start slow sure Trevor and I I you know, understand <laughs> I know that uh sometimes you get confused uh i know it can be intimidating it can be overwhelming these gals are real attractive and they're 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 full of life and joy and they smell better than you and it confuses you you sure. you don't know what to do with that and you feel like you're not sure you would belong with these people these these individuals seem as though they're an entirely different genus and species, because Mm. they are so much smarter and more wise and understanding about the world than you are. And what could you possibly have to offer, Tucker? But here's what I'm saying is, for some bizarre reason, (laughs) they have an interest in you. (laughs) Don't question it. Don't think about it. Don't ask, what if they said, no, they're sending you a thing saying, ask somebody. Nobody's asking anybody. So... You're bound to hear a yes somewhere in the air. Tucker, please, for the sake of Jesus, ask somebody out. We need more babies.
0: There it is. It's good. It's good. That's, that's what we needed.
3: I, w- I wish the listeners could see just the, the full thing, just all yeah, of the Yeah, that was a full-body
0: situation. <laughs> that was fantastic. His hands literally, by the end, were above his head, <laughs> just screaming from, screaming from the mountaintop. So um yeah, I don't think we helped. No. I think we started out trying to help and uh, we ended up making things worse.
3: I'm pretty sure, yeah. And I think that's the best we can hope for. Absolutely. Does, does anybody think Tucker's gonna leave a review at least? Probably not. I Probably not. At would. this point
0: we're all five stars, so I think Tucker, you just stay away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't ruin the average. Yeah. But uh I feel like we well, that was bad. Um but our hearts were in the right place.
1: Totally. That here's the thing. Bless your heart, Tucker. You're out there. You're listening. We've all Well, been, apparently not. Well, <laughs> we hope you're listening. Here's the thing. We've all been where you've been. We've all had the shakes and the
0: sweats and all of that. But you can do it. You can do it. Yeah. And hopefully, if you're a young lady out there who'd like to, uh, with all the subtlety of the Say That podcast, which is to say none, would like to send a young man the, the time stamp to this episode. Um, <laughs> maybe uh, invest in a free audio editing software, a garage band and audacity and, uh, just, just chip out the part with jet talking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. And, uh, I think that we've done enough there to, uh, to declare emergency off. Okay. Yeah. Lord knows that the people need a certain amount of instruction and a certain amount of guidance in this, this area. Certainly
2: do.
0: Um, maybe one of these days it's, uh, we'll get around to doing a bridge box on how to ask someone out. Um, it's a bit of a narrow topic and, uh, We've, we've uh, given roughly uh, 200 hours of content about it on this show, so I'm not sure, sure. we super need to cover that bridge box, but for now, for now we'll be covering topics like um, this month of July, which is, how do I respect an imperfect authority? Mm-hmm. And uh, we have uh, next, week, next month coming up in April, we have uh, a whole bridge box about grief, and a bridge box every month. You're going to get sermons on these topics on your Bible studies, you're also going to get songs from Jed, Lee, from Pete, the ever mysterious pool house guru Ooh. and some other friends along the way this month features a song from our friend, Jonathan Shockley down there in Tennessee. He yep. really helped us out with so lots of really great stuff. In bridgebox only $8 a month. And it is the number one way you can support what we're doing here in Chicago, down there in Tennessee. If you like the podcast, so just sign up at missionusacom bridgebox slash All right. We're going to jump to our first question here. <laughs> if you have this all the way to the end, I'll give you some ways you can get in touch. With this first one comes into our Tumblr inbox and it says, I am a huge that was all caps, so I want to really mm. give it the... Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Fan of the Say That podcast. You Correct. guys are great. The way you give us wisdom and humor all at once. Correct. I need both in my life for sure, and I hope that all that flattery will help me get my question answered on the show. Oh, how well you know us, dear listener. Yeah. yeah that's flattery a... will get you many, many places. That does work. Okay, so on to the questions. A few times I've heard you guys use the phrase, to defang sin. And I'm hoping that you can give me more details on what that's about, and how I can use it with... Others and Lee, why don't you start us off on this one?
3: Sure, I love this. This is a, I think this is one of those Glenn phrases, right? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, I definitely heard it first with with Glenn, and 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 it's one of those things that as soon as I heard that phrase, it was like, oh man, I've been waiting for that phrase my whole life because that's the thing about uh, sin, and for a lot of us that grew up in church, the whole point of Christianity was to not sin. That was the that was the whole thing. That was that was what we were aiming at, and so that makes. Um, which which is a funny thing because that makes sin the point of our whole religion and which makes sin a huge thing. Um sin is the sin is the worst thing out there, and to get rid of it is the best thing out there. And so it makes it this big thing with uh like in the Monty Python deal with the big pointy fangs, and you know, it's just this thing that everybody's scared of. Um and the the truth about it is is when you hear a phrase like defang sin, it's like well, let's just get rid of the teeth. The truth is, it's not scary at all. It's not. Uh, uh, it's not. Actually, in, in a lot of ways, it, it doesn't wind up. It's not going to wind up being a huge deal at the end of it all. Jesus paid for all of our sin, died for it to get rid of it, so that it's not an issue, so that we can walk past it. The, the thing is, is that that sin makes sense, and uh, the different individual things people do, the different ways that we sin. It's. It makes sense. The Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter five, the works of the flesh are obvious. Um, if I'm trying to answer the deep questions about who I am and why I matter and where I fit in this world on my own steam with my own clever ideas and all my insecurities and hangups, it's obvious the way that's going to play out. Everybody does it. It's all the same. It's. It's. It's just an obvious thing, and it makes sense. And the reason that we talk about defanging sin is that when you can realize that the Christian life is about something beyond sin, um, that our sin's been paid for, so now we get to have this whole new kind of life and this whole relationship with Jesus after the whole sin thing is taken care of, then sin becomes a smaller deal. If it's something that is, everybody does, it's obvious why we do it, it makes sense, um, we, we all do the same stuff for the same reasons, because we're trying to fill up primary needs with secondary means... Um, and we're trying to get everybody and everything in our life to answer these deep questions that only God can answer for us and fill up in us. And when we try to do that, it, it it does become the same old stuff that everybody does. So it's not this big, huge, scary thing or the whole point of our religion. Now, if we can get there, then what we can do is when somebody else sins and we're in a conversation with them or we, you know, they get busted or something like that, then we get to be understanding compassionate, and empathetic. And that is a super powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's an incredibly powerful deal. If somebody is... If I feel terrible about myself because I've done something that I didn't want to do, and it didn't work, and I hate the way I feel, and I talk to somebody who is like, well, shoo, what can I say? Man, that was... You really blew it. Then now I feel worse. But if I'm in that same situation, I talk to somebody that says, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I felt that same way. I've done that same thing. Um, let's talk about how to kind of move past that. Let's talk about what's next. Um, let's let's not dwell on that. Well, now I feel understood. Um, they've done something that counselors call normalizing, which is where you you help people to understand they're not alone because their behavior is normal. It makes sense. You contextualize it, well, this is what was going on with you, of course you felt this way, of course you felt tempted to do this thing. It all makes sense to me, and all of a sudden a person feels like, you know what, maybe I'm not a complete freakazoid, and maybe there is some hope for me to move forward and to change, and I think that's the whole thing, is is when we can realize that the point of Christianity is not defeating sin, and sin is not the biggest deal in Christianity, that it's about something else, then we can reduce... You know how freaked out or scared or whatever we are about it, and we can approach people with compassion and empathy, and then we can help them to feel understood, and that's where real change actually starts.
0: That's absolutely right. I think it's a really good place to start on that. And Jed, I'd like to get to you on this um, to pick up right where Lee left left us off there with how this you can apply this concept of send to when you're sitting down with someone who's a little wound up or a little freaked out, because it really is one of these underlying. Um, Theories are probably one of the wrong words, kind of principles that Glenn has from ministry and that we have picked up around here that kind of um, informs how you have a whole conversation, right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, the thing that one must ask, and it's really of critical importance, is do you care about this looking right or do you care about it working? Well, let me explain what I mean. Somebody is is stuck in a sin. Is the thing that we care about that they get unstuck, that they, they move forward, they're, they're living differently? Or is the thing that we care about that the process of us talking to them sounded super Christian? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. one of those has to win out. We actually can't weigh them both the same weight. And Christians really, really struggle with this because they they want things to... They want things to, to to seem, you know, really, really Christian and really super spiritual and, and really heavy. And here's the problem with that is that um it just doesn't work. Uh, it, it would seem really Christian to talk about the the righteousness of God and, and the wrath of his holiness and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it actually just – it doesn't get anybody to a different place. It doesn't – that doesn't result in people yeah. changing anything. Um, I can tell you just anecdotally when people feel guilty or afraid, they are far less likely to take the steps that they need to take to get to a better place. Amen. Uh, bottom line. I think you can make a theological argument that maybe they, you know, should feel guilty or afraid because they are sinners in the hands of an angry God dangling by naught but a gossamer thread, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't work. Um, whether that's theologically true or not, that doesn't, that doesn't help people change their behavior. Um, what helps people change their behavior is what Lee's talking about, which is recognizing you're not a freak. You struggle with the same things that everybody struggles with. Right. Um, You come by it honestly, it makes sense that you would be stuck on this. It makes sense that you would make these decisions. You're actually probably about five degrees off of a good decision, not, you know, 10,000 degrees like you feel that you are. Um, Now, here's the thing is you won't really be able to, to brag to your Christian friends later that you sorted that dude out. You know, I, I I convicted him of his sin. I got in his face and I told I him. I declared
0: the truth all at him.
2: Exactly right, exactly. I, I defended the sanctity of the gospel, y'all. You won't be able to do that because you said, hey man, it, it makes sense, but it's not really working for you, is it? So let's, you know, let's figure out something else. But it all goes back to, do we care about the outcome here or do we care about the process? And, you know, folks who get ministry done, they care about outcomes. Mm. And we'd encourage you to do the same thing.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fantastic a way to apply that. That's a really good principle. And Glenn, I'll go to you at the end here. You are the one who came up with this idea, and what mm-hmm. what what gaps have we left in the understanding defending sin?
1: Well, these guys described it really well. I, I would pick up on uh, you know, what, what Joe was just talking about there, this idea of—I I think people have an image in their mind sometimes of ministry—is you had to try, by some means, to convince them that they're wrong and bad.
2: They're a naughty little monkey. Start there, and more footnotes
0: of Bible verses the better.
1: Yeah, and if you manage to do that, then you make them repent, uh, uh, which means to feel horrible about yourself. Yep. Yeah. Uh, as long as you don't know what the Bible means, that makes sense. And then you, <laughs> then you, uh, then they feel bad, and that bad feeling makes them want to be real Christian. Totally. Uh, I don't know how that makes sense in other people's heads, but when I say it out loud, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, So the idea of us sort of going away from making people feel bad seems, uh, in some cases, I think, counterintuitive, because you have that misunderstanding of how ministry goes. Let me maybe give an illustration to kind of bring out uh, the stuff that Lee was talking about there at the beginning, about this idea of understanding and keying in on that, and using that to kind of break the spell, Mm. That sin and guilt, uh, uh, guilt over our sin can can weave. Um I think we may have done this on the podcast before, but it bears repeating. We uh we had a, a facility uh in downstate uh Illinois, uh, and we had a guy there that I had been working with uh that got transferred to that facility.
2: You mean a prison?
1: Yes, I'm sorry, yes, a prison facility, yes. Um And I was working uh, with a guy. He gets transferred to this prison. It's a small unit uh, that's very, very uh, high security, so there's a relatively smaller number of guys on there. He leads every single one of those guys to the Lord. So uh, Bible study and uh, prayer is going on 24 hours a day on this deck. It's a really amazing thing. Uh, So I go to visit the guy that I knew, uh, the original guy who led them all to the Lord, and he says, you know— we're all really excited and really happy but there's this one guy he just sits in small group time and doesn't say anything and he's just brooding and depressed and we can't get him to say anything about anything and um we don't know what we don't know what the deal is and you know everybody else is just really rolling along so it's, it feels like we've failed here I said, well, okay, let me talk to the guy. So he brings the guy out. We sit down one-on-one. I tell him a little bit about myself and why I'm there. And I said, well, you know, your turn. You tell me, you know, how did a, a, a guy like you, seems sharp and put together as you are, how did you end up in a place like this? And he says, well, um, nobody else here knows this, but I'm here for uh, setting a house on fire with someone in it. I'm like, w- okay, um, why? And he kind of blinked and he said, well, uh, my mother remarried uh, and, and after my father left us and he beat me and my mother the whole time we were, I was growing up. And I swore one day I would get big enough and old enough to do something about it. And I did. I burned the house down with him in it. And I said, oh, well, that makes sense. And here's the thing, it's, it, it does make sense. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: Now, I... Ex- See
0: every Liam Neeson boofy. Right.
3: This
1: is a
0: perfectly natural urge. Exactly.
1: Now, of course, we immediately segue into, you know that's wrong. And he says, yeah, okay, we don't have to talk about that anymore then. No, fair enough. We've, we've arrived at that magical place where we, we know how this happened. And we know that it is wrong, so we can completely dismiss that and talk about what comes next. Right? And you know, immediately, it's like a hundred pounds came off the guy, and he's ready to move forward. And problem solved. (laughs) All the other great mysteries already happening on this deck was was going to be able to take hold, and they were going to be able to take it from there. It was just one little thing holding him back. That's what we're trying to get people uh, uh, unstuck. But it's about having that understanding of no, this makes sense. This is this is what this is how we come to sin. There's always some sort of thing to be understood that, you know, once we gain that understanding of that sin, uh, we can then use that to propel us as we go forward to have a sense of understanding about how do we do better next time? How do we make changes? How do we see ourselves differently? Uh, you know, how, where, where do we go from here? So we want to start with understanding and, and carry that all the way through.
0: Yeah, it's a really a really good uh, analogy or an illustration there and i will cause off was saying this this idea of defanging sin is not a one time thing it, it can be it can be as, as Glenn's saying just a you move the thing the right and the person sees it the right way and boom um when you're working with people who are maybe a little bit more of a of an environment where they really want there to be guilt yeah they want to find some guilt uh, you have to make sure not to do a a thing we will occasionally refer to uh, certain pastors doing our bridge service as refanging
3: yeah, yeah.
0: Once you're defanged, you really want to stay there. And it is about, as these guys have said, uh, using the words, it's about knowing the actual—this uh, is one of those cases where knowing the correct theology really helps you do some defanging. Yeah. Because yeah. it turns out the the gospel and grace is really just one giant defanging of sin. That's yep, right. Not that big a deal. But it is also, if you don't have that, or if you're kind of working that, as all these guys pointed out, it uh, your attitude, your being unflappable, your— not getting worked up when someone tells you something that does about as much defanging sin as what you say.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when that's the right. person
0: tells you, I burned the house now, the person's out of it. It's very important that moment to go, okay, right. Why did that seem like a thing to do? Right. right but uh, right. you want to keep it uh, again, back to emergency, a little casual. You want a soothing tone. That's right. And that, that's that, right. That, that does a lot of defanging in of itself. Yeah. Yeah. The tone. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to move on to our second question here. It came in anonymously and it says, I just found out that an old friend has been going through a tough time struggling with opioid use and in and out of jail. I want to reach out to them and be there for them, but I don't know what I would say. And Jed, can you start us off on this? I can. And it's actually, it's
2: a great question, both because we appreciate your heart to help your friend and also because it actually dovetails with what we were just talking about. The, the key thing, and you want to be clear that your friend may or may not have any interest in really talking right now. It, it depends a lot on just where they're at and how they're doing.
0: And where they're at and their thing, and also physically where they're at. Yeah. Um, we've had questions about like, I know someone who's in jail. Yeah, and do I write to him? So that's a great thing. And all we're going to talk to applies to that. But um, there's a turns out there's a whole journey a letter goes through once it gets to a jail facility. So yep. some of this is you have to temper your expectations, kind of in every direction, right?
2: Absolutely. But well, let's just let's say you get together, you're gonna have a cup of coffee, and so what? What do I say? And the key thing is you don't need to say anything. Um, just listen. Um, You know, uh, most people are desperately starved for someone who will actually listen to them um, and they can just uh, spill their guts and talk about their life. But this is the key thing is you need to make up your mind now uh, to not be freaked out by anything that your friend says, to, to not be scandalized by anything that your friend says. I mean, people who've been through off experiences They, they oftentimes think everybody's looking down on them and everybody thinks they're a weirdo and a leper and, you know, an outcast. And it's, it's your body language it's the look on your face as they're talking. That's letting them know whether or not you're in that camp, you know, uh, you know, do you see me as a dude or do you see me as other? Um, and it needs to be clear. I don't see you as other, um, You know, uh, one thing, so you're you're clear, um, uh, this is a family program, but uh, there's a very coarse stereotype in the media that when people reach a certain point in drug addiction, that at times they exchange sexual favors to keep that addiction going. That is a stereotype because it's massively, massively true. There are
0: statistics to back that up
2: nearly everybody that we work with where their background is addiction has had a certain amount of that uh, in their story. So if you're dealing with someone that's dealt with hardcore or opioid use and has been in and out of prison, they're going to tell you some rough stuff, Mm -hmm. really, really rough stuff. And so I think it is worth, you know, thinking and praying a bit about, you know, how do you get to a place where you can be cool about that, where you can be, um, not scandalized by that and one of the things i'd encourage you to meditate on uh, this is a phrase that used to get used a lot in churches and, and doesn't anymore which is not good is the phrase there but for the grace of god go i uh-huh. the the idea that um uh if i had been in that dude's shoes the odds are i would have done the exact same things he did um you know what what is the the only difference between him and me is the way god's grace played out in our lives Mm -hmm. i'm not a better person than he is i'm not a more important person or more valuable person but if you can listen to somebody uh, and not be freaked out and say that makes sense man i I hear that tell me more that alone will do an amazing amount of ministry and uh, healing and therapy and great stuff And, and that's where we want to encourage you is to start with that listening
0: that's absolutely right. And uh, Glenn, i love you to pick us up there. One of the things that listening does, and it's something you're going to want to do in all these other aspects is uh, give that message of, I care about you. I'm not here to move you on to the next thing to grow you to fix this problem, right?
1: Well, yes, I think it's important for uh, your friend to know that you care about them, not just their sobriety, with this idea that, uh, that I, well, I think people don't like feeling like they're a project, yep, sure. you know. And so it's important to treat someone as a whole human being yep. and, and, and so forth. I think it's important with uh, people caught up in addiction to make it clear that that, that we are not going to be enabling them at all, yeah, and that they need to be understanding about how I am not going to let your addiction hurt me. uh, And so that means I'm going to say no to certain things. It means I'm going to distance myself at certain times. It means after you've had your third or fourth or fifth drink, I'm going to get up and leave because things are about to change around here. And you need to be understanding about that, because if you're not willing to change your addiction, uh, then this is what I have to change on my end to make this relationship healthy and and keep you from hurting me. Because if you hurt me, then I can't help you later when you are ready. So there's a lot to negotiate there, but... But all of that is actually to fulfill the goal of continuing to be somebody's friend, to continue to have a healthy relationship, to continue to know one another. Uh, I think the second thing is to find lots of different resources. For example, you, you, you want to encourage your, your friend to go to a 12-step program. But the thing about 12-step programs is they're all, I mean, the, 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 they're covering the same stuff, but Each meeting is different because the people are different. So Mm. in some cases, this is a meeting that's kind of geared towards older adult people. In some cases, it's geared towards younger people. Sometimes it's just the geography of where the meeting is at, what part of town, that kind of stuff. Uh, so what you want to do is here's a list and say, not all of these meetings will be a great fit for you, mm-hmm. but one of them is bound to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, you may not be available for each of these days of the week. So one one day a week that works for you, you can uh, figure that out. Uh, but your your friend, uh, you know, is probably going to need, if if they're, you know, coming out of jail, they're going to need job information, housing information, all those kinds of things. Uh, so be be uh, uh, helpful by giving them those resources. Now, the ball's in their court at that point. you need. This is for you to follow up on. This is for you to take the steps. But uh, sometimes it, if you're just getting out of jail, you don't have a computer. You look it all up and figure out where you're going. It's a lot easier for you to look that up, print it out, hand it off to them and say, I hope you, this helps you and I hope you get where you're going with that. But the uh, ball's in your court. Um, ultimately though, I-, I think there's a, there's, a, I, I want to take the pressure off of you, uh, thinking I need to say the magic words to make this person right. not be addicted anymore. That doesn't work. That's not, and that's not what we do. Yep. That's we're trying to use fellowship, love, hanging out, you know, and a solid word of, Hey buddy, I think this is hurting you. I think this is taking you down. Uh, I think you're you're out of control with this stuff, and I think you need to take control and figure out what direction you want your life to go in. I think meetings will help. Uh, I think getting away from people, places, and things that are triggering you will help. Uh, and if you want help with that, I'm here for you. I'm I love you regardless. I'm your friend regardless. I'm praying for you regardless. I want to help you regardless. But the truth is, uh, 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 I, I think as your friend, this is something you need to hear. But I'm I'm not. I'm not uh, making that a condition of the relationship. It's not just a project here. It's a person that I care about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think that's a really important point. And Lee, let's, let's take that kind of pressure off thing to the next step. Yeah. Um, Glenn, we're obviously, we're all coming at this and we want you to have the wisdom of someone who people come at this as people who do this for a living. We're not not drug counselors, not addiction counselors, but we, we kind of look at this and that's our day to day. So let's say that you are, um, to a point of kind of general, not knowing about the stuff that you're going to outsource all of this. Mm -hmm. You don't know where the 12 step meetings are. You know that it's good to research that, but let's just look at that um, thing you can do exactly as you are with what you have. If you're having lunch with them tomorrow, you don't have time to get prepared. What are some attitudinal things? Some, some uh, way you carry yourself. Things that are important in that.
3: Yeah. And, and part of this, I would pick up right where Glenn um, started to end there with the uh, with the idea that you don't have to feel the pressure of being the person to say the magic words to have the breakthrough. Um, if you're not a professional counselor, uh, which most people aren't, um, then you don't have to be the person that, you know, uh, and don't think that you can be the person that can cure them. Or, and you don't have to have amazing... Uh, words and stuff like that. But the thing that you can do that is actually really, really helpful is that you can just be you in that friendship as you've always been. And what I mean by that is that when somebody's going through a rough time, uh, a little bit of normalcy is actually really, really comforting and really cathartic. So like it's, it's very easy for people who have been through a rough time of their own doing to feel like, Everybody in the world now knows that I'm an addict. Everybody sees me as an addict, you know, or whatever my hangup is. Everybody sees me this way. And when I walk into a room, I'm automatically this all the time to everyone all the time. I always have to... This always has to be the number one thing we talk about every time that we hang out with anybody. And, you know, if, if your friendship back in the day was you guys would go get burgers and then you would, you know play 2K on the PlayStation. Then let's do that. Let's go get burgers and play 2K on the PlayStation because a little normalcy is going to make them feel like I'm not just this prob I'm not just this thing that I did to this friend. Yeah. We're just yeah. friends still. And they see me as a person. It's it's kind of it goes back to that thing that Jeb was saying about, do you see me as a dude or do you see me as other? And, um, and it, it, you just can't stress enough. And this, this goes for, you know, for people who are going through any kind of rough time, whether that's, you know, grieving or, or their own kind of, you know, addiction or anything like that is, can we just hang out and, um, you know, and not even, not even, uh, I'm going to be the amazing listener while you tell me all the stuff that you're going through, but like, let's just go watch that movie and then get a milkshake and talk about how cool that movie was. I mean... For crying out loud, there was a monkey on a horse with a shotgun speaking English. Let's just talk about that. You know? So, um, and a night like that has this incredible medicinal value for a person who's going through a hard time where they feel like, hey, I'm a person for right now, just like everybody else is a person. And that's an incredibly powerful thing that you can pull off right now today.
0: Yeah, it's a really good point. I would uh, pick up there. As we close out and uh, add to that, there's a level of um, one of the things we hear a lot at the bridge uh, when working with folks is um, people either saying what I need is positive people or uh, enjoying the fact that if they come to a place like the bridge, that there is positivity. Um, One of the things that it's obviously not the biggest problem with being on the street in addiction or being in jail, but one of the things that can take a toll on the brain is it's just... Negative, I know that sounds like a weird yep. um oversimplification of all the awfulness, but if you think about being in jail, um literally everything's gray, yeah right?
1: and yeah. the food is bad, yeah yeah, yeah
0: um those two things will just do your mind in as much as any other aspect of it, so if you're again, if you don't know what to say, if you don't have maybe the resources, the expertise we talked about, um it's a really good idea to either find those resources or be able to point towards somebody expertise. but one of the things you can do right now today is just be positive. Mm. Yeah. Um. That's yep. Yep. Uh, about something. As Lee's saying, if it's about if you haven't talked to this person in fifteen years and you're writing them a letter, remember the funny thing that happened. That yeah, was yeah. positive. Yeah. And yeah, you know, looking forward to you know, you don't have to solve anything, but in, anything you can do around that. Yeah, I just run. ate at
1: a great new restaurant.
0: Can't wait for you to get out and mm-hmm. we'll go over there and we'll we'll order everything on the menu. That kind yeah, of stuff. Just, yeah. Uh, over overdoing positivity cannot be done in these situations that's because right. there's such a bereftness of it and that will communicate the other things we're talking about about caring and not being a project and being invested in someone's so when you can focus on that stuff that's, that's going to get you a long way towards where you're going yeah. well, let's move on to our final question here this came in to Glenn's blog oh if you're familiar with what a blog is as some of our goes not <laughs> <maybe> <laughs> you won't sound familiar sure. this is one of the better ones believe me it's very popular as far as blogs go is it? Well, as far as blogs go, apparently blogs haven't penetrated to 100% of the, the American public yet. Yeah. But as far as blogs, this one's very popular. Oh, well, okay. And this person writes into it and says, Hello, Uncle Glenn! With many exclamation points. You're the best! With many exclamation points. Well. Wow. If we must. Yes. and then they get, it says, Question for you. What does Genesis 3.16 mean when it talks about the desire of the woman will be for her husband and he will rule over her? And Glenn, both because... This came into your blog and because um we need a we need an experienced hand to start off with this one and get us on the right edge. why don't we where do we start off?
1: Well here here's your first clue. God was mad when he said this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's a list of uh, curses. This is one of them.
1: Yeah, here here's the thing. Anytime we're looking at any Bible verse, what we're gonna tell you every time is look at it in context. That means reading all the stuff that comes around it. Uh what's happening in the third chapter of Genesis is uh, Adam, you got your Adam and your Eve there, and uh, they they were in paradise and naked and happy. There's one rule, don't eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. So they both go out and immediately eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Yes, that mm. is an
0: existential boo-boo. <laughs> That's right. Slot twist.
1: Then they get caught, and this is perhaps my favorite part, the man attempts to blame it on the woman it was this woman that you put in here
2: God I feel like was really putting you at fault that's and you right. know what I forgive you He's
0: trying take to... note church people the original sin was saying aren't we all just a little bit to blame for this that's one? right
1: <laughs> I mean you're you're trying to suggest it's a combination of the woman and God that caused this problem not you anybody you're but me guilty yeah, I mean you uh, did That think. is the
2: male mind. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm aware of four sentient
3: Everybody that existed except me.
2: That's <laughs> right. I, I was about to say there there's four <laughs> sentient creatures that I know of in the world. Can't be me. Can't be this serpent that suggested it and thought it up. Gotta be even God.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um that's that happened. And then God said, you know what? Why don't we put him in charge. Uh-oh. So, uh, and then he goes on to hand out several different curses, uh, you know, and cast them out of the garden. So it, I I get a funny feeling, and this I could be wrong about this, but I get a funny feeling that for roughly two millennia, men have read this verse and said, you know what? God recognized that women are bound to lead people astray. And so he said... Let the man be in charge because the man is wise, mm. and <laughs> cold and logical mm-hmm. and logical mm-hmm. and just he's the one with a steady hand on the tiller.
2: Glenn, you seem to be stroking your neck beard as you're proclaiming all of this. <laughs> yeah. It's a so little disturbing. It's
1: coming Here's the thing. Dude, he screwed it up and God cursed everybody by saying, "You know what? Put men in charge. See how you like that." Sure. <laughs> so, um that's not a compliment to men really at all. Uh, it's not a compliment to the men's leadership qualities in any possible way. Um, and uh, it's also a story that takes place in the Old Testament. The
0: oldest of it.
1: They call it the Old Testament for a reason mm. because there was another one after that. Really? really? Yes.
0: Oh, wow. It's a whole big shakeup.
1: That's right. And uh, the, in, in that shakeup, a key to that shakeup was the, the 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 verse we no longer serve in the old way of the written code but in the new way of the spirit.
0: But well, what about a couple of parts of the old way that I still like? <laughs>
1: That's the problem, yeah.
0: So, uh you
1: know, I so first of all we have to understand that there's th- there's a clear indication here uh <clears throat> that this is uh a part of our fallen world and uh, that this isn't uh an ideal circumstance here is not is, is God is not saying I created man to be better to lead that's not what that is um there is a, a new testament there is a new way of the spirit that we're being led in uh and to me uh I think the main 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 thing that scripture is telling us if you take everything that that God says about family and marriage and kids and the household and you kind of sweep it all into a pile and stand back and look at it consistently. What he's trying to paint a picture of is we need a team here. Mm. We need everybody working together. We need everyone respecting one another. We need everybody finding their giftedness. We need a, a leader that encourages that, that lifts those people up and helps them find those gifts, and, and access them, and all of that stuff. But uh, we need a team more than we need anything else. Yep. And so I think if, if, if you're not getting that out of reading the Bible, that's what we want to bring you back to here. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. And Lee, pick us up there and uh, go a little deeper.
3: Yeah, so the thing that I would say about this is, just kind of picking up exactly where Glenn left off, there's a really interesting verse in uh, in Corinthians it says, you know, it talks about this idea of leadership and the family and everything, and it makes this analogy. It says that you know, if the if the man is the head of the woman, well, he's the way that he's the head. He's the head in the way that Christ is the head of the church. And you're like, well, how? So how does what does the leadership of Jesus look like over the church? Well, what you see is the last night that he was with his dudes. You know, he he dresses himself in the the garb of a slave and wash their feet. Um, and when we look at what right. what leadership is supposed to look like, I mean, if if we're going to fight and claw over, over who's running things or who's, uh, who's in leadership, we need to look at what the scriptures actually say leadership looks like. Leadership looks like someone saying, I am going to serve you. I did not come to be served, but to serve, uh, to lay my life down as a ransom for many. Um, it... It, it, it says that that husbands are to love their wives like Christ loved the church that's the consistent analogy is look at the way Jesus treated people now if you want to be a leader, go ahead and be like that. This is what leadership looks like it is it is always self denying it is always promoting others it's always building others up it's if if there's a tug of war over leadership it's the t- it's a tug of war over the towel of a servant um that's what we want to do is if i want to be the leader of anything i want to be a person who leads by serving who leads by example who who uh makes people feel like i'm when i'm around this dude i feel encouraged i feel like i know who i am more i feel i feel promoted in who god made me to be um and, and by the way it should be said that that in Ephesians chapter 5, before it ever talks about any of the, the stuff that people get hung up on submission stuff, it says that everybody should submit to everybody else. Yep. Um, and in fact, in our English translation of that verse, there's a period after that. It starts a new verse, chapter 5, verse 23, and then it says, Wives, submit to your husbands in everything. Da, da. That doesn't happen in the Greek at all. Um, It doesn't start a new verse. There were no verse numbers till the 1400s. It doesn't have a, a period and then a capital letter to start a new sentence or a new thought. It's literally just this parenthetical thing that's added on to this big sweeping idea, which is everybody submits to everybody else. Exactly what Glenn's talking about. We have a teamwork, we have a mutual edification, and if anybody wants to fight over leadership, then fight over being a servant. Fight over yeah. edifying people, building them up, showing them where they fit. Let's make that what leadership looks like, because that's the consistent testimony of Scripture.
0: That's absolutely right, and Jed, I'd love you to close us out on this by going uh, further down that road with the idea that uh, Lee gave us there, which is not only do we have to understand a Bible context and ver- uh, a Bible verse in context, we have to understand. Uh, the context in which uh, people may be wishing to apply that Bible verse to see if that holds at all. And there's a very specific context that I would guess someone's tried to apply this verse in, and uh, they're not helping their argument.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Well, you know, here's the thing, is sometimes people are just a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, we can try and find Bible verses about that, but uh, a few thoughts. If someone's a jerk, don't hang out with them. Yeah, Don't date them. And super duper don't marry them. Mm-hmm. Um, let them be a jerk all on their own, away from you and hopefully away from everybody else. I knew this a long time ago. I knew a married couple uh, where the husband was a huge tool. And um, I saw them one time get into an argument and they, you know, kind of, well, and I think besides, and then he literally just said, submit, submit, oh, Lord. Yeah, uh, it'll shock you to hear they're not together anymore. Um, Whoa. Yeah, geez. I know. What What are the odds? What are uh, the odds? W-
1: would it make him feel better if I send him a little note that he actually escaped death? <laughs> that, that divorce was better sure. than him being dead? Because that's what would have happened?
2: I, I think his life has really not gone well since then. Okay. So, uh, you know how in Romans it talks about receiving in itself the due penalty? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing, though, is we have a way—people come to us sometimes, right? And they say, well, the Bible says such and such, so you got to do so-and-so. And And I think we really need to get into the mode of asking, is this person just a jerk? Right. Right? Because if they are, only a fool has a fool's argument, right? Right, As the Bible says, don't answer a fool in their folly. Um, If people roll up on you and they've got just— Foolish things to say or crazy things to say or mean things to say, you don't have to out-Bible them. Yeah. Yeah. You can just say, no, I'm not. I'm not well, I'm, I'm the man, and that means people got to submit. No, they don't. I'm not doing that. That's that's not how it's going to be. So, here's but if you want ammunition for that fight and I really want to encourage you just don't engage on that stuff. Yeah. Uh, when you when you have people roll up on you with that, just you know tell them to push on and walk away. But
0: maybe more important than ammunition for your fight if you want to know what to say to yourself to immunize against such nonsense.
2: Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, Lee uh, already said it, it bears repeating, Jesus's guide to leadership was servant leadership. Mm -hmm. The leader is the servant in chief. To be clear about this idea of washing feet, because we don't really have a modern parallel for that, that was the lowest job a person could do. That was a disgusting, disgusting job. That's the lowest thing. That's, that's taking out the trash with your bare hands. I mean, this, this is what we're talking about. And Jesus served, he laid down his life for his friends. He served to the point of death. The Bible says, when it says that, that you know, uh, uh, the man should lead, it means leading where you lay down your life to the point of death. That's right. That's what it is. So uh, for, as, as Matt rightly put it, as you're seeking just ammunition in your own brain to, to understand all this— If you've got to do, says, I'm the man. That means I tell you how it is. The thing uh, to 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 wonder is: Can you describe for me the concrete, specific ways in which you are actively learning to die to yourself in order to better serve your bride and wash her feet and build her up spiritually? Right. Where where are the areas where you're dying right now? Right. Where, Where are the things where it feels like it's killing you, but you're you're pushing through and doing it anyway? Right. Because that's what it takes to be the right kind of spiritual leader in your house. List them for me. I have time. If you need to you know, take you know, a few minutes, think about it because it's, it's hard <laughs> to express. That's okay. I'll be here. You could write them first and then read the list off for me. It's, it's no problem. You could just, we could get into it because I, I don't want you to feel pressured or anything, but I do need to know what they are because otherwise you're a liar and a hypocrite. And I don't, I don't do that, so push on. Uh, God, I can tell you this, I'm blessed to know some amazing husbands, um, none of them talk this way ever, 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 ever. People who talk this way are either not married, or they're using this for a mask as their incompetence as a husband. The husbands I know that are godly husbands don't talk this way. They don't act this way. They serve their wife. Uh, no one wonders whether or not they are a servant, and that's that's the kind of person God wants for you.
0: Absolutely right. That's fantastic stuff. I'll add on to this. There's another way people might be trying to use this verse entirely wrong-headedly, which is to point out that this is why uh, men should be in charge in, like, secular stuff.
2: Sure. Like, the only
0: <laughs> men can be pastors, you gotta rule over them, and, you know, you can't of can't elect a woman president cause she get all emotional and nobody's ever seen a 50 year old white man get emotional and make stupid decisions. So we know that doesn't happen. And that's, that's just insane. Yeah. Uh, on the face of it, that's taking a wrong Bible, that's taking a wrong biblical interpretation about the thing the Bible is actually talking about, which is interpersonal relationships. Cause there were no governments, nor corporations, nor churches at the time this was said. So it can't really apply to those things. And then trying to, as Jed is putting it kind of, expand that out to just kind as we talk about occasionally uh just paper a little bible over a wrong-headed idea someone already has the important thing to remember about that is jed pointed out is you don't owe them an argument no you don't you don't have to justify yourself they're just wrong here here's a fun thing if you ever have and we've occasionally i, I think glenn had to do this with uh people who are going to preach a preach a just put, declare the truth yeah mm. preach some word which is you know well, you, uh, God says the church for the sacraments are, and you know, church, so you got to go to church. No, I don't. Well, yeah, but you, no, I don't. I right. actually don't have to. Right. That's, That's kind of the whole thing with the grace. I don't have to do anything.
2: That's right.
0: <laughs> you have to make a compelling case for me to want to.
2: Right, right. So, what else you got?
0: No, so if it's about leadership, uh, someone who will go to the Lord and ask for ways to serve and lead in life, this is a compelling case. Right. The Bible says you have to. The Bible says I doesn't ha- the Bible actually says I don't have to do anything. Right. <laughs> there was a guy nailed to a piece of wood. Right. And he got into the same heaven I'm going to get into. It's that's the whole point of the that's the whole point of the religion. You might not have heard of it. It's great. <laughs> you don't have to do anything.
1: You <laughs> don't serve in the old way of the written code. We serve in the new way of the spirit.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Do you have a moment to discuss our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? It's wonderful. <laughs> I think
0: you should look <laughs> well, it's into pretty it. Pretty good. Uh, it's the free forgiveness of God. Yeah, wow. That necessarily means you don't have to do anything. That's right. Um. So uh, all these things, and we're not not only this, but a lot of other kind of where you might have, you gotta. Um, no, it's it's up to the person with the Bible verse to show how that makes this person's life better. Good word. Um, that is a dynamic that people who don't know how to do that are very uncomfortable with. Uh-huh. Particularly people who may have spent tens of thousands of dollars to learn Bible verses, but still don't know how to apply that to anyone's life in any kind of compelling way. So when you get into this, but uh, so <laughs> I think these guys did a great job Pulling apart this particular argument, we also want to point to that thinking of when someone says, the Bible says, so you got to do the thing you don't want to do. That's not how that works. So. Yep. And, the part, and it's important to point out that you're listening to four people's podcasts who do all sorts of things we don't want to do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because God makes us um, with the being nice to the yeah. people and the going to the dangerous neighborhoods and the, and the hanging out with the children and all that. We don't want to do those things. We just want to right. sit at home and eat cheetahs. That's yeah. all we want. Right. But we're doing that, but we're not doing it because the Bible says you got to. We're doing it because we're in a relationship Amen. with Jesus, and we know that this will make our right. life and our walk and the world around us better. That's a very different thing. We want to make sure yes. we're clear on which so one of those now. motivations we're coming with. All right. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com and take the song this week. This is from our July edition of Bridgebox. This is from our friends Pete and Tasha Lawson. The song is yeah. called Shine. It's a great track. I think you're really going to enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Where we love you. God bless you. There's nothing you can do about it. To
1: say that podcast scaring the bejeebers out of your private church folk for the past 250 episodes. Just <laughs> <laughs> shine your light. Just
2: shine your light. Just shine your
3: light. Better we the salt of the earth You know we can make it better If you lose the flavor by trying to be like it Maybe you lose the way I made you to fight against the haters If you stumble in the dark light Show you where you stray You the light of the world Show the world a better day No hiding behind a screen Been lying petty and mean I'ma put it up front Okay, if you make a scene, say You are the light of the world So shine But can't hardly hear the sound I battle power so much greater than I comprehend Words are not enough so I will act to bring it to an end If you can feed a hungry man that you can make the wounded whole If you go to a prison visit you can lift a weary soul If the powers try to stop you God to show his prowess Jesus came down to love and serve and give and tell his people this Shine, 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 shine your life You are the of the world